God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. So, you know, the primary results came back pretty good, um, with exception to uh, South Carolina, Charleston, uh, where uh, Mace uh, beat out Arrington. But Fry, Fry beat out a four- or five-time incumbent, Rice. So uh, this... Uh, Russell Fry did a great job in uh, winning that seat and taking it away. He's a Trump, Trump-backed Trump candidate. Uh, he's my father's favorite candidate. And uh, speaking of family, I wanted to wish my brother Jim a happy birthday. So happy birthday to Jim down in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, Jim Adams. And, uh, and I have three older brothers and... Uh, it's Jim's birthday today, so wanted to wish him those special wishes for his birthday. Hopefully, he'll have the best year of his life. And um, in any case, so Fry is going to bring home the bacon and bring home uh, a lot of good things for the uh, for the Merrill's Inlet, uh, Myrtle Beach area uh, district in South Carolina and congratulations to Fry for beating out Rice who is the incumbent. Uh that's a great great win. Uh and then you have the um you have the bad omen uh, according to the Gateway pundit the bad omen for radical Dems Republican Myra Flores wins big in Texas 34 congressional district special election. It was a special election. Uh, because we only had on our books Nevada, uh, Maine, North Dakota, and South Ca- South Carolina, but apparently there was a b- big uh, special election in Texas, thirty fourth congressional district last yeah yesterday and um, last night, and she defeats Challenger by seven percent in seat won by Democrats by thirteen percent in twenty twenty. 
So, well, if you want to call it that, I think it's election rigging, which brings in a whole new <clears throat> um, storyline, which is that we've been <clears throat> we've been seeing these polls and these polls are indicating that, you know, Hispanic support has dropped for Joe Biden by like 23 to 23 percent. And Joe Biden is the one promising them all these freebies. But unlike, you know, other groups, the Hispanic group is basically saying, we don't want any free stinking handouts. We came to America to live out the America dream. And America dream is not about picking winners and losers, son. America dream is not about selling out America. America dream is about pulling up your bootstraps and getting to work. And actually living a decent life and staying out of crime and getting away from moving away from gang banging. The American dream is not what we left. It's actually where we're heading. But the reverse is happening in California. So in California, you have the opposite effect going. People in California are moving south across the border. They're migrating to Mexico for a better life. Tijuana is somehow a better life <laughs> than a lot of places to live in California where they have gang banging, they have looting, they have, you know, if you steal $950 or less, you, you just walk out the door with a whole bunch of goods. I don't know. If I tried that, I know I would spend the night in jail. I just know it. I, I don't know what it is about, you know, you have to be of a certain political persuasion or a certain race in order to get away with murder. I don't understand that. Don't get it. Uh, I don't uh, understand how the president can, you know, basically look at election laws or look at uh, any kind of laws on the books and just completely ignore them when it comes to the southern border and and uh, and uh, all kinds of different laws that are on the books. Remain in Mexico comes to mind. How could you just turn a blind eye to what the Supreme Court justices are saying? But speaking of the Supreme Court, they're finally getting the protection they deserve. Uh, there was a vote in the there was a vote in the uh, House, and the House finally passed a bill. Uh, where they got 27 Democrats voted no against protecting SCOTUS justices. But still, they had enough votes. They had enough votes to get it done. So House passes bill to expand security protection of SCOTUS justices' families. 27 Democrats voted no against protecting SCOTUS justices. That's That's bizarre, don't you think? But the bill, the Supreme Court police... Parity Act passes the House by a 396 to 27 vote margin. 205 Republicans voted in favor of the bill, while three did not vote. Meanwhile, 191 Democrats voted in favor. <coughs> Two did not vote. <coughs> while 27 voted no to the legislation to provide protection to SCOTUS justices and their family members. Who votes no to that? These are the 27 Democrats who oppose the legislation. So you got Joyce Beatty and these are Democrats in the House. Let's see. 
You got Beatty from Ohio, Bowman from New York, Corey Bush. Remember, she's the one that has all that armed security. She's the one that said, I'm special. I'm privileged. I'm, I, I deserve it. But you, you don't deserve an AR-15 or uh, a, the right to bear arms. Corey Bush is a piece of work. Dumb as a pile of rocks and anti-American. Uh, but she supports Black Lives Matter, so good for her. Good on her for that. Um, you know, it still burns me up that we have a U.N. ambassador, a, a, a U.S. ambassador to Germany that's going to be flying the Black Lives Flatter, uh, Matter flag uh, up above the embassy in Germany. I think that's outrageous. A Marxist group that misappropriates funds to the top echelon of that group. They do nothing but fundraise for Act Blue. That's all they do. They just fundraise for Act Blue. That's it. What do you do, Black Lives Matter? Well, we burn buildings down, we hate the police, and we're Marxists who basically uh, raise funds uh, while we divide America, we raise funds for Act Blue, who gives money to no other than a Democrat. Act Blue is like Win Red, and Act, Act Blue is run by a whole bunch of white waspy people, right? But they they got their Black Lives Matter slaves working in the streets, getting cr- cr- uh, federal felonies, uh, crimes, no matter. It doesn't matter because the top brass is gaslighting them, telling them a whole pack of lies to get them to do the things that they're supposed to do. And they do it almost like a terrorist kills people. They do it for money. You know, in the, in the Middle East, they have skids of cash, warehouses of cash. And they just give out the cash so that you'll be a warrior and kill people and commit terror. And, you know, that's like the mob as well. Why do you kill people in the mob? Because you're, the money's good. I mean, that's what people will justify it as. And the Black Lives Matter is no different. Antifa, no different. They're paid to do it. And the money that comes in, a lot of that money goes out to act blue. You know, with uh, Antifa, Antifa.com would go directly to Joe Biden's website, whereas Black Lives Matter, their donate button goes directly to act blue. So they're just nothing but a fundraising arm for one political party, a Marxist party, a Marxist-supporting group that hates the police, burns cities to the ground, tears statues down, wants to indoctrinate your children, commits violence on a a daily uh, pace, and all they could do is raise money for bail and all kinds of things. And Amy Gutman, the president of Penn University, is flying their flag above the embassy in Germany. What? How bankrupt do you have to be of any kind of ethics to do that? What kind of person is Amy Gutman that she could do that? It's disgusting. And here we have Cori Bush on this list that voted no to protecting the lives and safety of Supreme Court justices probably in the same week that the Roe versus Wade is going to be overturned. 
There's a whole bunch of names. I can't, I can't believe it. I don't, I don't know. Oh, Ayana Presley. Big, big surprise there. Oh, Ocasio Cortez. Right now, see this little voting block, the squad. The the reason why they had to incorporate a guy is because there was like a, a voting disparity of um, I think there was about seven more Democrats than Republicans, in the House. I mean, it's a close, razor thin margin. So they figured, well, if we, you know, one person's not going to be enough to sway Nancy Pelosi or get her attention. But if we could get a, a, a little caucus together of like seven people, we can get a little um, like a freedom caucus, right? So we can get a caucus together and we could actually stay as a pact and vote as one. That's seven votes. That means we could actually be a swing voting block for the Democrat agenda. And how much money could we get paid for each and every vote? Right? How much money will they be willing to pay us so that we don't screw up the Democrat agenda? So we, we could say, you know, and that's what Susan Collins has been doing in May, from Maine. That's what Lisa Murkowski has been doing. That's what, that's what Joe Manchin's been doing, right? All these senators from these, you know, very minuscule states with very small populations it really would be ignored if it wasn't for the fact that they decided to put themselves on the fence, straddle the fence, so that when any time there's a razor-thin vote, and that happens in the Senate a lot, their stock goes up. People pay them, their foundations, to sway their votes, buy their votes. It's a pay-to-play scheme. Lindsey Graham has mastered it. See, the biggest problem we have right now in the Senate is, is the fact that the, Demo- the, the Republicans that we have that have all supported the red flag laws, for example, these senators, they're, the, they're a list of the old tired names like Pat Toomey and, and uh, Ron, or, or, um, Pat Toomey and then uh, Senator Burr from... I think North Carolina and um, and a whole host of other people. You know, you have uh, uh, Lindsey Graham. You have uh, all these uh, Cornyn, right? All these people that are out there supporting the uh, red flag laws. And we know how bad the red flag laws are. We covered it a lot this week and last week. And we know how bad they are. But. The idea is is that these are the old senators that are just used to games as usual in in the Senate. And they look at it and they they say, well, here's the playbook for one word the minority. And here's the playbook for one word the majority. Okay? This is the this is how we play the game when we're a minority. This is how we play the game when we're a majority. And either way, we get paid at the end of the day. We get paid for our votes at the end of the day. And they actually prefer it when they're not the majority because they don't have to stand for anything, which means that when it comes time for re-election, they could always just, you know, blame the other guy, blame Putin like like Joe Biden does, right? Yeah, I mean, he was a senator. He, he learned all his little tricks from the Senate. Blame everybody but yourself. 
<clears throat> never ever take responsibility for anything. I'm just a spoke in the wheel. I'm not a natural born leader. I've never led anything. I've never held a job. I never ran a business. I never hired an employee. But I have been really good at spending taxpayer dollars. That is Joe Biden, especially when we saw him speak at the AFL-CIO where Donald Trump was living rent-free in Joe Biden's head. But the thing is, when you think about it, it's an easy way to go. It's like, well, we, you know, if we can get back the White House, and if I remember, um, Mar- Paul Ryan used to do that all the time. We support border security, and we support, you know, this kind of health care, and we support this kind of that. And all of a sudden, it's like we would get it done, but we we uh, can't because we don't have the White House, and and we're a minority. But once we get the enough votes and we become the po- powerful majority. Uh, and we get back to White House, we can make a difference. We can fulfill all these objectives. And that's what we will do as soon as we take back the House and Senate and take back the White House. And they just lie through their teeth. You know, the only uh, politician, the only political uh, elected official that I've ever seen do that was Donald Trump. Donald Trump got things done. He did what he said he would do. He said he would do all these things. He said he would build a wall. He did. He said he would lower taxes. He did. He said he would strengthen the middle class. He did. He said he would bring peace to restore peace in the Middle East, and he did that. He said he would bring manufacturing back, and he would renegotiate trade deals bilaterally. Not. He said he would move out of the uh, climate initiatives, like the Paris Accord. He said he would move out of TPP. He did all those things. All these things that give gifts and treasures to other countries. So when Joe Biden at the CIA, uh, AFL-CIO in Philadelphia yesterday starts talking about, you know, other, other um, world leaders uh, are happy to see him in power. But for how long are you going to be in power? How long is it going to last? And they're worried that somehow Donald Trump's going to come back. And that's because we used to give away the farm. We used to give away these things for for next to nothing or nothing. Whether it's the JCPOA or whether it's the triangle countries feeding uh, illegal migrant thugs right out of their jail cells and sending them straight to America. That's exactly what would happen. And they would come to America, and then we would get the worst of the worst, like Donald Trump said when he came down the escalator. Some are good people, but for the most part, they're not sending their, um, us their best. They're sending us their worst. The people that are uh, the worst of the worst in these lowest of the lowest countries are the people that are actually coming to America, and the first matter of business that they do is violate our laws. So you have these Democrats, and and basically they are voting to keep the Supreme Court justices unsafe. So the bill now heads to Joe Biden to be signed into law. He'll have to sign it because he doesn't have a veto uh, buster on this one. Um, Supreme Court Police Parity Act of 2022, and he'll take credit for it even though he never supported it. 
This was introduced by John Cornyn, the same guy that's supporting the red flag laws. You better believe that there was a quid pro quo going on there. Again, these senators like Cornyn and, and Lindsey Graham and Mitch McConnell, they all play a different handbook from a different playbook, whether they're the minority or the majority. When they're the minority, they just block and they try to tell you how things are going to be better when they get back into power and that they're doing the best job they can with what they have. And then as soon as they get the power, they never deliver. They lie to you. They just lie. So what does this bill offer? The bill offers around-the-clock security protection to family members of Supreme Court justices and any other officer of the uh, of the bench, if the court martial, of uh, if the court martial deems it necessary, protections similar to those of some executive and congressional officials. Well, we're not going to get the Pelican brief, and thank goodness for that, because you know where Trump got three Supreme Court justice nominations, Biden got one, and you know, or he's getting one, and uh, we have to, uh, you know, we have to make sure he doesn't get another, right? And uh, you just know that they're going to pull a Scalia on Clarence Thomas. They hate Clarence Thomas with a passion, no matter if he's black or not, you know, but he's a conservative black, so they hate him. They're racist. You know, that's one thing about Republicans is we've, we're not racist, we're not racist at all. We just basic, basically believe in the principles of Martin Luther King that say we judge people on their character, not the color of one's skin. And that's all the Democrats ever do is, you know, embrace equity and quota-based systems. And that's all they do. They just base everything on skin color. It's just absolutely absurd. So... You know, Julie Kelly wrote something um, up, and we're, we have a really great audio clip we're going to be playing of Hunter Biden today, uh, which is actually kind of interesting. Uh, Washington Examiner uh, put something out on that. But the January 6th for non-dummies is what she wrote, uh, Julie Kelly, about, um, and there's a picture of Pete Steyerwald from Fox News Digital. He used to be the editor over there. We've come a long way. We've gotten rid of a lot of trash, like Steyerwalt. Uh, we've gotten rid of the trash. And I think that, you know, the election yesterday, whether it's um, what we saw in Texas with uh, Myra Flores or what we saw with Russell Fry in South Carolina beating out Rice, well, you know, all of these great victories. <clears throat> Um, are proof that Trump's coattails are are strong right now. They're really strong, but the uh, <clears throat> January fifth thing we got to get a we got to get a handle on that. So uh, January sixth, January sixth, and it's kind of interesting too uh, that date for lots of reasons, but. The January 6th committee is pure political theater intended to crush the MAGA movement once and for all. During 
Another public hearing on Monday, the January 6th Select Committee featured a witness so irrelevant that his appearance should prompt even the most ardent defender of Nancy Pelosi's illegitimate inquisition to question the committee's real purpose. So former Fox News talking head Chris Steyerwald, fired by the network shortly after the Capitol protest for calling the state of Arizona for Joe Biden early on election night, told his sob story to a presumably slim viewing audience. (laughs) The washed up commentator, however, is the last person with any insight into the events of January 6, 2021. Steyerwald's performance, similar to the overwrought speech affying by committee members last Thursday, is another head fake designed to turn attention away from the truth and what happened that day and in the months leading up to the brief disturbance that resulted in the deaths of four Trump supporters. Yeah, I mean, Ashley Babbitt was killed by Michael Byrd. You know, the fact is, is that people need to look into the January 6th thing, but for for all the reasons that you're not seeing uh, on display. So for nearly 18 months, American Greatness, has, which is the publication I'm reading from, has covered this issue like no other outlet, Julie Kelly for one. So as the committee continues its dog and pony show on Capitol Hill this month, with an eye toward producing a long list of legislative fixes, the justice fixes in quotes, meaning you know, election, more election fraud. You know, what this is, though, is um, a lot of people are saying, you know, the more they continue this, yeah, well, it's a couple of things. It's it's really, truly amazing that they can't even win when they're going against, they have the referee and they're hitting the balls from the machine, like as in baseball metaphor. They're not even, they don't, they have, no, there's no one there to defend Donald Trump. No one. There's no one in the media. All the media, all the Congress, every single aspect of it, like a grand jury can indict a ham sandwich, they can't even get that done. With this J6 committee, they have so little. It's amazing that they can't get it done. But they can't get it done. And it's starting to backfire on them. And like Jim Jordan said last week when we played a clip from him, and we're going to play a clip from Jim Jordan today, but not related to this. Um, what you have is you have this this basic fundamental. You, you have these. They can't even win when when the, the the deck is completely stacked. It's like a magic trick that just keeps on getting it wrong. That I mean anybody that couldn't you know, could pull off the Russian hoax and then not get it done, not bring it into the end zone. Or the Ukraine call. You know, all these different things are all about Trump basically living rent-free in their heads. They're trying to prevent Trump from running again. So they're going to try to figure it out, but they can't even get a criminal referral. What are they going to say? What's the crime? Of course, they've never, there are people rotting in jail without an even, an, an a rest warrant or, or a statute or a law that was broken. They, they can't, and no one will even ask people on the left. And that's why I say all the time, 
that when you have conversations with your liberal friends in your liberal in, in your neighborhoods, so you live in a neighborhood and you have liberal friends and you have these conversations with them, question them, ask them these questions. Do you know what the crimes are? What are the crimes? You know, questioning the outcome of an election, especially when you have 81 million votes for a guy like Joe Biden, who can't even see straight. And, you know, nothing for nothing, but we're going to listen to this Hunter Biden clip today as well. And it's election rigging right there. I mean, there's election rigging we can't see. But there is election rigging that we also can see. And the election rigging we can see is simply that the media did not allow, and the social media censored me and banned me and you from ever mentioning Hunter Biden and the sex tapes. And we weren't allowed to speak about it during an election year. What value is that worth? Forget about the 400 million dollars or 400 I think it was 400 million dollars that um that Zuckerbuck spent right Zuckerberg on rigging elections in Milwaukee and Philadelphia and Atlanta and you know basically getting an apparatus in place to rig elections forget about Dominion voting machines and the, the fact that every one of the people at the top uh that was meddling in this and meddling in election laws was a liberal. Forget about that. Let's talk about the fact that the skeletons in the closet, you say, well, you know, there's skeletons in people's closets, but there were skeletons in Joe Biden's closet that we weren't allowed to talk about. As soon as we mentioned it, we got banned off of social media. That should be a criminal offense. We should be able to sue for that. And we should be able to get compensation for that and an award. We should be able to create justice out of that. Somehow, we need to coerce and prevent these big tech giants from ever doing this again. But they're hiding behind that shield of Section 230. And they should not be allowed to do that. Especially when the story ends up being true. There should be a public apology and a promise that they'll never do it. They had committee hearing after committee hearing. And they never, they, they, they just lied through their teeth. And they, they would say, they, they would act stupid. And they would say they weren't doing the things that they were doing. But we now know that they were doing it because we know that the Hunter Biden story is legit. Just like we know that a lot of election fraud is legit. And now they're trying to destroy Rudy Giuliani's life in the process. And the guy that's setting up um, uh, Getter is part of a political pack um, uh, is going against Giuliani. And there's fighting be- between those two entities. And uh, they're trying to say Giuliani was drunk and this and that. You know, it's 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 absolute mess. I've, that's one of the problems I had with Getter, actually, is it's clickish. They, they, uh, it's very clickish. You're either on, on the inside on one group or you're not. And a lot of these um, show hosts I see that are getting a lot of love from Getter, 
they're constantly saying they're under threat and they have to close the show and then they have to close an event. You know, they'll have an event with um, John Rich and it might be like the Riviera. It's connected with a lot of people you know. And they'll have an event and then somehow John Rich has to pull out and they have to reschedule. So they can't fill the arena anymore. It's going to be bad optics. They're going to lose money. So instead of just being honest and saying, you know, we're going to have to uh, reschedule this event at a later date, these show hosts, these right-wing show hosts that are real popular with fake numbers on social media, because I've never heard of these people before this, whether it's Todd Starnes I'm talking about or whoever, I, you know, doesn't matter. But the idea is is that these people come up and they make up a lot of this stuff and they'll say, due to serious threats, we have to cancel the show. Due to serious threats, we have to leave the studio. It's like, we're that important that people want to kill us. I mean, it's that kind of uh, horrendous shenanigans that's endorsed by Getter that I just think are a joke. And it makes it makes it really bad for legit radio show hosts uh, because we have to sort of compete with that ilk, you know, that, that, that disrespect to the audience, you know, lying to you, trying to make myself look more important. Uh, <clears throat> I think it's disgusting. And it's a game I'll never play. And um, I see it done on the right um, and it just, you know, on the fellow conservatives who are just pulling out every little gimmick after, uh, you know, under the sun to gain ratings and gain importance. And I just think that, you know, in a lot of ways, these things shouldn't be about the show host. It should be about the subject. So I don't know. I'm a little disheartened by a lot of what I've seen in, uh, even from our own side. But you can't really trash them because you don't want that either. That's uh, that's not good either. So in any case, I just speak up about it every once in a while. But, um, you know, a lot of these lies are, are why we're here. And uh, we it's, it's why we have such a bankrupt leadership right now. And it's not Joe Biden that's actually pulling the strings or running anything. He's run by a whole bunch of liberals that are bureaucrats in Washington. And that's what he is. Uh, That's what it is. And so they look at it and they say, do we want a strong man? Do they, you know, the Democrats would look at this and they say, do we want a strong Democrat leader that thinks independently? No, because they could be off the rails. They could compromise where we don't want them to. So you got the Atlantic Council and the Brookings Institution and all these other nonprofit organizations and all these bureaucrats in Washington that have their own socialist agenda, their own Marxist agenda framework. And they're pushing these ideas. And the reason why they like Joe Biden is because Joe Biden is completely corrupt. Joe Biden is doing it for the money and only the money. Joe Biden is all about himself. And so long as he's getting his perks, he'll keep his mouth shut because he's played the game for 50 years in Washington. And like I say, the playbook is different when you're a minority than when you're a majority. They, but it's always playbooks. 
They never score touchdowns for the American people. They're just punting the ball up and down the field, getting kickbacks all along the way. And that's what it is. And so they don't want anybody but Joe Biden. So when the issue comes up, was Joe Biden going to run for office again? Who else are they going to get? Who else are they going to get? They, they can prove that they can win. They can look at Hillary. And why does it always have to be these old people, right? That uh, Like Nancy Pelosi or Hillary Clinton or Chuck Schumer or, you know, all these people, you add up their ages and that's like 400 years old. You know, <clears throat> the idea is, is they need to get these people that, have, that are what they call insured in the business. Insured means I have the goods on you. I have dirt on you. So therefore, it's no different than if you want to get in the mob, you have to actually kill a guy on camera. You know, if you want to get into a cartel, you actually have to commit a crime that will land you in jail for life. That way we know that we have the goods on you. We got a videotape of you killing somebody. And so therefore, if you ever betray us, we'll just turn that into the police and you'll go to jail for the rest of your life. And we got you insured. You won't step out of line because we got more on you than you have on us. And so there's the way it plays. So they want somebody like a puppet like Joe Biden to speak at the microphone and say whatever he's told to say. And that's it. And that's it. So that's all it is. And, and they have to, uh, they have to get somebody they can trust. They can't get somebody who thinks on their own because that isn't what they want because the powers that be are the unelected officials that are passing laws and bills and legislation that the people don't want, but they don't care because they're not elected officials. That's the problem I have with someone like a Klaus Schwab from the World Economic Forum. And that's the problem I have with globalism, is it's Marxists on steroids. It's, it's socialism. It's redistribution of wealth, playing around with your money, <clears throat> And and they're not elected officials. That's the problem. And when you get that, you get these rigged elections. And you have skeletons in their closet and the media covers up for it. And that's what we saw play out in the 2020 election. Rigged elections and a corrupt media. And the social media big tech giants, the value that they... Uh, if you were to associate a value with the censorship that they did to the Republicans and the Trump supporters, if you were to associate a value with that, it would be in the it would be worth billions with a B, like boy. It would be worth billions, and nowhere in a democracy or in our republic like the United States would anything like that be legal. Remember. Barack Hussein Obama put Dinesh D'Souza in for over-donating by a couple of thousand dollars. And you got Mark Zuckerberg violating on steroids election laws. And you wonder why we even bother to have these laws. Because the laws help Democrats prosecute Republicans, but it's not the other way around. You get prosecuted if you're uh, Michael Sussman 
and you work for Hillary Clinton and you're getting thrown into court in D.C. and you have three people on the jury that donated to the Hillary Clinton campaign, you're not going to ever get see the inside of a jail cell. Never. But if you're a Republican, you will. And this is where it's got to stop. We cannot survive with this two standards of justice. So let's take a listen to Hunter Biden uh, and what he has to say, because what he has to say is pretty profound. Listen for the moment that Hunter Biden says to his father, says his father will do anything he tells him to. I want to repeat that. Listen for the moment when Hunter Biden in this audio clip says his father will do anything he tells him to. All right. Daphne Guinness will literally be a blip in a radar in the screen as compared to my presence if my dad becomes president of the United States. Mm-hmm. She will be like a pimple on my in terms of the way in which people will be on this and you have no clue i am daphne guinness already yeah i'm more than daphne guinness no one gives a about what you think about daphne guinness honey except the tattler i was on the front page of every newspaper including the uh i mean the wall street journal the new york times not just the tattler yeah and so my point is is that i believe that's an opportunity to say the things and to show the things and to reveal the things through this project that we want to reveal because it, it literally gives it, because you will have attention. I think that the most important thing, if you are me, is to use your in- attention with intention. You will not get across to everybody, and I have figured out a long time ago, if you're going to be involved in politics the way that I am, which is to, to choose to engage with my father in that life, mm-hmm. because I believe in what he does, mm-hmm. if you're going to, then you... One of your obligations is to use that platform with intent. Mm-hmm. It's to not allow the platform to sit on top of you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm allowing the platform to sit on top of me right now. Well, what happens is if, you know, if your dad becomes president, for instance, or if he runs, mm-hmm. it's a very, um, if, if, I don't know if it will be exposed to that degree, but if it does. Wonderful. If it does then it's a possibility for your dad to talk about drug reform and to talk about, and to push. He's going to talk about drug reform and any other things that I want him to. Mm. He'll talk about um, Mm. anything that I want him to, that he believes in. If I say this is important to me, Mm. then he will work a way in which to make it a part of his his platform. Mm. My dad respects me more than he respects anyone in the world, and I know that to be certain. Mm. So it is not going to be about whether my dad thinks it's going to affect his politics. It, no, it won't. It's not going to be whether or not he's going to be embarrassed. I mean, he never will. Mm. It's not going to... I'm, all of those concerns that you have with all of the people that you know, mm. that, are in the, that are the children of, mm. I have none of them. Mm. Not a single one. Mm. The only one that I have is the, is the knowledge mm. that it's a different world, not by choice. But I am understanding of that because the person that has lived that life, that has given me this life, mm. is the person I most admire in the world. And I would never change it mm. because it's bigger than me. Mm. Everyone else thinks it talks about how, how can you be as good as your dad? I'm better than my dad. Mm. Mm. 
You know why I'm better than my dad? Because my dad tells me I'm better than him mm. since I was two years old. So all of those fears that you think that I have of people not liking me or that I don't love myself and first I have to go down and I, you have to really care about yourself and understand and put yourself out there. Mm. Baby, have you seen me? Mm. Do I not put myself out there? Mm. Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, all of it yeah. I put out there. Yeah. To you or to the homeless person. Mm. Mm. I don't fear that. You know, I don't feel that. Mm. Because the, my, the man I most admire in the world, that God to me, thinks I'm a god mm. and my brother did too mm. and the three of us it was literally mm. I had the support to know I can do anything what does he say about you doing crack does he try he and says and stop yeah and he's scared you, to death and what do you say I mean how does that affect you when when he says that the same way that it would affect you if the person that you love most in the world wanted you to stop mm. and the realization that stopping even for the person you love most in the world it's such a hard thing because mm -hmm. it is a bit, literally, look, it's not about whether or not I want to. Mm -hmm. It's about whether I really want to. Yeah. But what's really want to and what's want to and what is whether to make a choice or not a choice, and I don't know. This my is friend, a habit. My friend right now, I know that I can, I don't want to stop now. But you never know, you never want to stop. But that's the thing, it's like, there's, you can always do it tomorrow, but tomorrow is always tomorrow. You know, tomorrow is always tomorrow. Why Philippa, do it now? for real, that's when you say things like that, I get it. Yeah. But you're not an addict, and so you have no idea that that is literally like you telling me that you know the sky is blue, yeah. but you don't seem to realize it. I realize it. I know now is now, yeah. and I know how to do it. And I'm saying to you is that I don't know if I want to do it tomorrow. I don't want to know if I do it now. I don't know. Because you don't want to stop. Because, because it's fear. Yeah. yeah, fear. Because what happens if you stop? Then you fear. have no excuses. Oh, yeah, I have a million excuses. You know I have a million excuses. Everybody has excuses. I don't have to use drugs as an excuse. You act as if drug addicts are the only one who come up with this idea that they're afraid because if they don't um, continue use drugs, they're not going to have excuses. What a bunch of... People know that they get in their car in the morning and if they don't go to the gym, they're gonna end up dying of obesity, but they don't go. Why? Because they're afraid. They're afraid that they're gonna be thin and they're gonna be healthy and be gonna be able to engage in life more. And they don't have any excuses not to do that. Well, it's a mixture of things, it's not. It's but it's habit. just the same. It's habit as well, it's habit. And habit is the biggest thing that's happening here. The fact of the matter is, is that I have not had the fucking reason to break the ease of the habit I'm in. Mm -hmm. And the reason is, is because I don't, like what? I, nothing has captured my imagination until now mm. in this. Mm. And that's why I have to start to do it. Yeah. Because what I'm realizing now is this, is that my choice to do this, the drug is brought me to an understanding and allowed me to break from everything in the past. Mm. Have you ever thought about this? Maybe this is the greatest thing that can ever happen to me. Maybe this is literally the continuation and the continuum of what is going to be the thing that makes me the person that my father believes I am. Believe, my father believes I am. Everybody says the, the, the person my father thinks I'll never become. For me, it's a person I know. But at what point does that happen? Like, are you always constantly looking well, isn't for Well, isn't but that are the you line? you looking for this epiphany? In the no, it's not. I've had the epiphany. Crack pipe. I've had the epiphany. Yeah. No, I've had the epiphany. Mm. I know now. Mm.
Crazy, right? It's it's crazy. Tell me that does not put our country in serious jeopardy in terms of security risk. Hunter Biden recorded himself boasting that his father will adopt political positions at his command. Footage obtained from a copy of his abandoned laptop shows. He'll talk about anything that I want him to, that he believes in. Biden said, Hunter Biden said, in reference to his father, Joe Biden, in the December 3rd, 2018 recording, if I say it's important to me, then he will work it a way to, in which to make it a part of his platform. My dad respects me more than he respects anyone in the world, and I know that to be certain, so it's not going to be about whether it affects his politics. It's absolutely absurd that uh, we were not allowed to know this beforehand. We should have been able to know this beforehand, and we didn't. So, in any case, um, I did uh, have a clip I wanted to play of uh, Jim Jordan, and uh, it says, let me recite a few things. Jim Jordan quotes Dems as he says they encourage violence. Let's take a listen to this. This is what we're up against, folks. We condemned what took place on January 6th. It would have been nice if Democrats would have done the same thing in the summer of 2020 or passed this legislation six weeks ago, a month ago when the Senate passed it. Let me just, 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 let me just recite a few things here that uh, have been said by our colleagues on the other side. Former Attorney General Eric Holder said in 2018 at a campaign event in Georgia to, quote, kick Republicans. No, no, no. When they go low, we kick them. That's what this new Democratic Party is about. It sure is. It sure is. It's all about intimidation. Intimidating the court, intimidating parents who have the nerve to show up at school board meetings, setting up a disinformation governance board to intimidate free speech rights of all Americans. That's what the new Democratic Party is about. And we've seen it time and time again. In the summer of 2018, we saw one of our colleagues from California, Democrat members, said, let's make sure we show up wherever we have to show up. And if you see anybody from the Trump cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, out in a crowd, you create a crowd and you push back on them and you tell them, think about this. It's a member of Congress saying this to a cabinet member. You tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. A cabinet member of the administration not welcome in their own darn country? That's what a member of Congress said on the Democrat side. We had another member of Congress on the Democrat side say this. There needs to be, quote, unrest on the streets. Calling for unrest on the streets while there was unrest on the streets in the summer of 2020. That's why this legislation is so darn important and why we cannot figure out. And, and the gentleman just said something that wasn't accurate. The Speaker of the House said last week, no one's in danger. No one's in danger. I just read you what they're posting about Justice Coney Barrett and her family and where they go to church and where her seven kids go to school. And of course, this is in the context of everything they've done to intimidate the court and an assassination attempt on another justice, Justice Kavanaugh. I yield as much time as he may. Well, you know, if there's no accountability, right? And they've gotten away with it before. And there's two standards of justice and you got a guy like Merrick Garland 
as the AG. And you have a corrupt FBI. Why would you fear anything? And you have a media that will cover it up. This is what we're this is what we're up against. This is the kind of thing that needs to stop. Otherwise, we're going to end up with Hunter Biden as president next. What kind of Democrats think about it? How dumb do your Democrat neighbors and friends have to be? How ignorant are they? I mean, I am so frustrated. I have so many friends that are Democrats. And the more and more I think about it from that particular lens, from that specific perspective, I look at them and I'm thinking, you know, for years you used to, for years you used to laugh at me or for years you used to chastise me because say I'm in Philadelphia and everybody in the place wherever we are is is a Democrat because Philadelphia basically if you're a Republican it doesn't matter how great you are if you're running for mayor in Philly you're basically going to get what you're going to get 15% of the vote the Democrats going to get you could be a drunk like Jim Kinney is, and you can get, what, 85% of the vote. You could be a crackhead like Marion Barry and get 92% of the vote in D.C. Democrats don't care about integrity or ethics, but I look at them looking at me, and they would laugh at my politics for years because they, were, they had me outnumbered. I was a lone sheep, in a sense, a lone wolf, you know, in the uh, in, in the arena. And it would be 10 against 1. And I would never really even get to articulate my argument. But they would never really make sense. And it's just sad, you know. But at this point, you know, a lot of those friends I'm talking about, they've all moved to Florida. And guess what? They're bringing their politics down to Florida with them. And this is the kind of thing that infuriates the heck out of me, is that they still are blind. I see them on Facebook when I post something. It's, it's, it's absurd that they still can have a Democrat bone in their body after Joe Biden and what he has done to our country. Well, look, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Be sure to check out magapack.org and buglecall.org. Find out what we're doing to promote America First policies to make America great again. Use Red State as your promo code over at MyPillow. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper. I grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there.